You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. But, um... I will say this this sounds nuts, but usually this time, being perfectly honest, this time of year, I can't wait to get on vacation. I'm excited about it and all that. There's there's no doubt. But I can't wait to get the season started. I, I think that's – I mean, I'm just telling you right now. Forget the vacation. I wish it was shorter and all that, and I mean it. I'm excited about this team, and I think, you know, obviously a lot of things got to happen, and – and we're, you know, a month or so away. I, I told our players today that to win July, we've won the offseason. I, I would challenge any team. I, I think we've won the offseason. Code of conduct. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is the Code of Conduct with the King podcast. I am your host, Jay Spence the King, and I am back for a special edition. We got the Rex Ryan Awards, and I have an all-star cast of presenters with me. Uh, I got my man with the plan, El Presidente, my man Anthony Marino joining me. I have Mr. Exclusive himself, Bruce Nolan. And I got the man with the smoothest, most buttery voice in all the Buffalo talk, my man Joe Miller. And we are going to go through the entire offseason to this point. For every single team in the NFL, we're going to talk about which teams have won on special teams, which teams have won on offense, what team has won on defense, and then what team has overall won the offseason. This was a treat for me, so I, I'm... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here having a good time. I'm joking. But listen, I hope you all enjoyed this. I know um, those who were able to join us live last night on uh, YouTube and Periscope and Facebook, I know that, you know, it was like a party. A lot of people enjoyed it. A couple people didn't know, I guess, that Bruce doesn't show his face. So now they were introduced to, to who Bruce Nolan actually is. So, hey, everybody, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I had a blast um, recording it with these guys. I can't wait to do it again. Next week, I know uh, Bruce and I have some, oh, no, not next week, the week after, I believe um, Easter week and all that stuff. We have some plans. So I don't want to make too many announcements too early, so I'm not going to do that yet. But, but yeah, hope you guys enjoy it. Let me know how you feel. Go Bills. This is a Jay Spence exclusive. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? I am excited to be here with you guys tonight. This is a special edition of the Code of Conduct. Um, so tonight, actually, right after this episode, you'll be able to, to listen to the normal episode of the Code of Conduct like you normally listen to it on Spotify or iTunes and all that good stuff. I have Mr. Pat Moran joining me tonight on or tomorrow for that episode. Tonight, I'm actually going to do what I'm considering a continuation of the episode that I did with Mr. Pat Moran. So I have an all-star cast tonight. I have like the who's who of Buffalo rumblings. At least that's what I'm going to call it tonight because this is the crew that I got. So I'm going to just tell you, we're going to bring them in. We're going to have the Rex Ryan Awards tonight because at this point, we want to know 
who is winning the freaking off season. So to start off, we got my main man. We got the, the man with the plan, the voice with the, the buttery smooth voice. You know who he is. My man, Joe Miller. What's going on, Joe? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Man, I can't complain. Not one bit. Not one bit. I appreciate you joining me tonight. This is a little bit of a curveball. So, you know, like I said, thank you for joining me last minute. I'm, I'm glad to be here, dude. It's just great to be included. It's always fun just to jump on, especially with you. But knowing like the rest of the gang that's coming, like, how do you miss it? It's, it's like I, it's the let's get ready to rumblings. That's what we're doing. Let's get ready to rumbling. So I mean, <laughs> you know what, when, you, when you said that in the message, I didn't like now hearing it is like, oh, Joe, <laughs> I said I amused myself. I said like I sometimes I just amuse myself. So, so I, I, but I promise, but I promise nothing. So I, I make no promises, no guarantees for tonight. So whatever, no guarantee. whatever, whatever comes out of my mouth comes out. So, yeah, but we need to draft a running back at 30 before Bruce gets here. We need to draft a running back at 30. So, well, that is a, a good, you know, a, a, we're going to bring in the man, the, the one, the only uh, Mr. Bruce Nolan himself. How's it going, Mr. Bruce? Exclude, yeah, the faceless. How's it going, sir? <laughs> I mean, I feel like if Joe's the voice and I'm. I'm I'm clearly the faceless one. I feel like I'm kind of at a, at a market disadvantage for these conversations because he he's allowed to kind of jump in first and have his conversation and go. You know, before Bruce jumps in here, I want to say draft a running back at thirty. You do know what backstage I can still hear you, right? Oh, like, dang it! You didn't actually get it out before. I could hear you like it's not like I have these earmuffs on and I'm in the green room and it's like a sensory deprivation 5000 kind of scenario where I come in and go, hey, guys, what are we talking about? Is anyone talking about drafting running backs? Huh? Is that what's happening? No, guys, I just love how so everybody. Well, no, I just love how everybody is like a thing. Like when anybody says anything about drafting a running back, like we have to like Bruce has to be notified. Like this is hilarious, man. It's the brand. And you got to be honest. You know, I'm kind of excited. You know, everyone talks about you know wins being a quarterback stat somebody will tag me. And when we talk about drafting a running back at 30, someone will tag me. And so <laughs> that just goes to show you the Bruce brand is strong out there. People know. And you know what? The Bruce brand. The Bruce brand. <laughs> I, I am consistent as the day is long. You can set your watch by me. Heck, you could set your sundial by me. Well, your alarm, your alarm did just go off at nine o'clock for the show. It did. <laughs> it did. We were in the back. In the history just, of mankind, no one has been as persecuted as i have been for being prompt and organized and i will not stand for this slander wait 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 you know just what? so everybody that's everybody that's watching just so you guys know literally we're all sitting here spence is trying to load something up and an alarm goes off and bruce goes it's nine o'clock are we starting <laughs> like <laughs> i'm like i love it i love it and i'm like you know what forget it i won't load it up next week so yeah next week i'll have a cool little intro video and all that good stuff but this week you know we're just here doing it so yeah again bruce thank you so much for joining me along with joe and then we got we got the one of the the, the two guys that um have helped me in the last year make the transition to uh you know from buffalo fanatics over the over to buffalo rumblings these guys have been very very instrumental in helping me really develop my show and and uh listen this guy he's the boss man uh mr anthony marino how's it going today boss hey man good to see you jay i didn't it's know how long i was going to be backstage for i mean once <laughs> Joe came out with drafted running back at 30 and Bruce started going. I was, oh, was going to set my oh, own alarm for like 30 minutes from now. I figured I could check back then, but I'm glad I wasn't sitting in the green room for yeah. too long. No, I was trying to moderate it. I was trying to push it along. So we're going to, we're going to get it started now. Um, and so tonight the, the theme of the show, um, 
let me give a little bit of back the backstory first. So on the pod that's being released tonight, right after the show, uh, Pat Moran and I, we talked about um, just in his opinion, how he feels the offseason is going to this point with free agency. Uh, one of the things that he mentioned for the Bills that Joe is obviously cracking fun at right now is drafting a running back at 30 or even possibly. Uh, he said, I'm serious. I know, but. Well, he said he wanted to move up and draft a running back. He said even if you had to draft, move up a couple spots to do so, you draft a guy this this year at running back. Um, I don't know that, but we talk about that so you guys can listen to the pod, see how you how you feel about that. Let us all know your feedback on that. But tonight, one of the things I wanted to talk about was from your perspective. Uh, I wanted to have the Rex Ryan Awards, so I have each gentleman representing um, an award that we are going to present to a team. And I am going to go first because this is the code of conduct and I am going to represent the special teams award. I think the team, and this is, I think this is one that is just pulling at my heartstrings, Anthony. I, I see you kind of laughing a little bit. I think you know where I'm going. You, <laughs> I think everybody knows where I'm going. I am going to say that this year, the only thing that they actually got right down in Texas, down in Houston is that they signed my man, my man, Andre Roberts to a contract to, to return punts and kicks for them. I think that the only thing that the Texans did to improve really this season. Well, the second thing I, I do like their signing with, with Mark, um, Mark Ingram, but that is not the point here. The point is my man, Andre Roberts is an automatic game changer because he flips the field position. Every time he out, he's out there, he's going to help my man, Tyrod Taylor, not get, three and out all the time because he's going to get three points up instead of having to punt the ball so quickly because he's going to be closer to getting a field goal. What do you guys think about that? We're going to start with Joe because I think Joe's face is making me, he's looking at me like, really, you're going to go with the Texans first, really? No, I was actually, I was going around through Twitter just to make sure that my retweet happened. So no, I was, no. Uh, I was actually distracted. Go to Anthony first. <laughs> okay, I got you. I got you. <laughs> But listen, I will I will join you, Jay, in, in saying that the departure of Andre Roberts is certainly one that the Buffalo Bills will feel in 2021, at least for right now. You don't have a kick returner or a punt returner on the roster. Yeah. So while I'm not surprised that's the direction that you went, I think when you talk about Roberts as a pro bowler, what he has meant to the Bills is the ability to flip the field. I'm certainly with you there. So although I was smiling when you started to talk about it because I wasn't surprised that that's where you were going, um, one of the most notable switches that has taken place, Corderell Patterson, at least the time we're recording, is still on the market, right? Another one that would really stand out. But for Andre Roberts going to the Texans, probably the one thing they've gotten right so far this offseason. Well, before I go to Bruce on that really quickly, what do you think? Do you think we might be in the I, I haven't heard anything. There are no um, rumors, at least that I've heard. But obviously, like you mentioned, we don't have a guy right now on the roster. We don't even have um, Isaiah McKenzie at this moment on the roster. So uh, do you think that we're possibly looking at a, a at a Patterson to maybe come in and fulfill that role? Or what do you think the Buffalo Bills are going to do this season there? You know, I know Bruce might disagree with this because, again, you don't just replace someone like Andre Roberts. There hasn't really been any news around Corderell Patterson. I would love to see Isaiah McKenzie back with the Bills. I think the issues that he had earlier in his career, he has fixed or at least has talked about fixing and has put the time in to see him be that kick returner and punt returner in Buffalo. I think it would be a call it a kill two birds with one stone, right, because he could still be that gadget player for Brian Dable in the offense. Mm -hmm and if he can return kicks, then the Bills can decide, well, what will we do with that spot that was Andre Roberts? Do we want to develop someone younger 
like a Jay Krumerow or a Isaiah Hodgins? Do you want to get someone in the draft? For me, I would hope that it's Isaiah McKenzie, but we really have not seen anything yet at this point. Okay. Well, I'm with you there. Uh, Bruce, I'll bring you in really quickly. Uh, what do you think? I'll give you a chance to kind of respond to what Anthony said. And then um, first, I mean, well, no, first, at, tell me, am I smart three times? Like, am I am I right as far as special teams? I think that the, the uh, Houston Texans have made the right move as far as signing Andre Roberts. So I give them the award for winning the offseason for special teams to this point. Yeah, getting Andre Roberts is never a bad thing. Getting on someone who is a veteran, who understands decision-making when it comes to punt and kick returns, because that's something we don't talk about. What we do is we put up the return average of Andre Roberts, and then we put up the return average of someone else who we're comparing it to and go, look, it's one yard. And that's what we talk about, right? And it's a little bit kind of insulting to the role of punt and kick returners, because there are things that cannot be measured that are actually noticeable when you watch a good kick and punt returner and it's specifically decision making knowing when to bring the ball out when to let it bounce when to fair catch things like this cost you yards after yards after yards of field position every single time and Andre Roberts makes the right decision way more often than not there were certain times where he took the ball out and go oh well that turned out to be a bad move but more often than not Andre Roberts would make the right call however even if the Bills wanted Andre Roberts back, Andre Roberts got a better deal from the Houston Texans than he got from the Buffalo Bills two years ago when he signed. He got two years, $4.6 million from the Buffalo Bills. He got two years, $5.5 million from the Houston Texans. So in a cap down year, two years older and starting to slow down a little bit, he got a better contract offer. So if you're Andre Roberts, you know, you, you, you take that money. I will say, I don't think Isaiah McKenzie's coming back. And the reason I don't think Isaiah McKenzie's coming back is not because he wouldn't be, like Anthony Marino said, a good kill two birds with one stone. I think it'd be a much better deal for the Bills than it would be for Isaiah McKenzie. So if you're Isaiah McKenzie and you have been developing yourself and then the Bills go out and they draft two receivers, they bring in Stephon Diggs. Mm -hmm. where is your opportunity if you're Isaiah McKenzie? If you think you can be a top three wide receiver on a depth chart and you can be a starting slot guy and you've learned from Cole Beasley for the last two years, why are you going to re-sign with the Bills? Because there's two things that are important to you, money and opportunity. Mm. Now, there's obviously quality of life things that go into this that we can never really know for sure. But if you have a cap-strapped team who already has wide receivers in front of you that are going to perpetually push you down the depth chart. What if he wants to be more than just a gadget guy? We always think about this idea as if it's only coming from the bills to McKenzie, but what about McKenzie to the bills? What about McKenzie understanding that, you know, I want an opportunity to like be an actual player mm. earlier today on Twitter. Isaiah McKenzie actually responded to somebody talking about this particular subject and said flat out that if if you had limited touches out there, you probably wouldn't get eight touchdowns. To me, that sounds a little bit like, hey, I deserve a bigger role. And if, hey, I deserve a bigger role is really what's going on, then in that case, maybe he doesn't want to come back with the Bills because there's more money elsewhere when it's not a cap strap team and there's more opportunity elsewhere where it's not 
wide receiver depth chart, that's a bunch of really good players in front of you. There are downsides to having the kind of talent that the Bills do with the wide receiver position. And it's downsides not for the Bills. It's downsides for people like Isaiah McKenzie. Super yeah. Good. Yeah, 100%. And I agree with you. Um, and as much as I love, you know, I, I don't think there's a secret out there that I love Isaiah McKenzie. And obviously the love that I had for Andre Roberts was out there. Um, I, I, I wish Isaiah McKenzie, all the, I wish him the luck in the world. I think that he should go and get paid. Um, now, will I love if he came back and decided to return punts and kicks for the Buffalo Bills and uh, still be the gadget guy for us? Absolutely. Um, but before we, before we move on, I do want to ask Joe a little bit about, you know, the, the return game and and my man Richard Rush has a comment in here. He he says Gentry uh, has returned kicks and runs a low four four. Um, any thoughts regarding that? What do you think about that, Joe? I don't I don't have a lot of familiarity with 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 Gentry as far as returning kicks. I mean, obviously the Bills are going to have to find somebody, right? They're going and and I think the concern for me would be is they don't have a, a punt returner on this on this roster right now. They don't have a kick returner on this roster right now. They do have a punt catcher in Micah Hyde. So they've got a punt catcher uh, with, you know, and not obviously to the semblance of, of Chris Watson, not, not to that point, but we know that, that, that Micah Hyde can catch punts. That's obviously not going to be the answer. As much as people last year that were on the cut under, or uh, yeah, cut under Roberts wagon, were like, well, Micah Hyde can return punts. You don't really want Micah Hyde returning punts. The amazing thing about Andre Roberts for me is at his age, and Bruce was talking about it, what he's continuing to do and like he's still like dominant in the kick return and the punt return all that to say this the bills are in a situation where they might not have to replace one player they might actually have to replace two not every kick returner is a punt returner not every punt returner is a kick returner there's not as many that do both in the league as we probably sometimes think they are now all of that to say this we lived in punt returner kick returner hell for a long time right and it was just so there was something about just knowing that you got a guy back there that's about to return a kick or a punt and like you're not nervous or worried. It was it's literally like Josh. It's the Josh Allen effect, but a kick returner like now Josh Allen's the quarterback and we're confident we're going to get good quarterback play. Uh, I think the Bills, obviously, it's a concern. Ken McKenzie to Anthony Anthony's point. Has he grown? Is he ready to take that step? I think so as well. Is he going to be back? I don't know. But let, let's not discount a guy like Gentry or them finding somebody on this roster that can do it. And then the draft. And as much as I'm not a draft, Nick, uh, I know that you're not either, Spence. And maybe, you know, Bruce knows of some guys that are out there because all these guys at some point in time were drafted. Right. They didn't just like show up and like I've never returned a kick before. And then they like make right. it to the NFL and they, they return a kick. And it's like, oh, I'm good at this. That's the question for me. Is there a guy second round, third round, fourth round that could potentially come to the NFL that's ready to return kicks and punts at the NFL level? Yeah, yeah. You know what I love about this? I love that like I was giving my man Andre Roberts some love and the Houston Texans an award for winning the special teams. And we switched up to talk about Isaiah McKenzie and the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. I love it. I love it. We are, we are, uh, you know, we're Bills out. And that's, that's the awesome. Goggles on. Got the gargle on. <laughs> That's awesome. So, but but let's keep it rolling then. Um, with with that being said, we can we can start right back where we left off. So, Joe, um, I believe you were starting us off here with uh the offensive award, correct? Or yeah. was it defensive for you? I believe it was offense. I don't remember. I never got the note. So, but I'll take the offense. So, you want to know who has won the offseason <laughs> from an offensive award standpoint? That's the question that you're asking me. For me, yes. and I don't mean to be so. Let's. So, I'm gonna in agreement with Anthony that the the team that won the the, the special teams award for the offseason is absolutely Houston with Andre Roberts. Uh, for me, from an offensive standpoint, and I don't mean to have fan goggles, and maybe I just live in a zone where the all that I really care about are the Bills. But when I think about the fact 
that the Bills, what they're bringing back in, from an offensive line standpoint, you know, the, the five guys that were returning that have never played it down together, I think they're going to switch the scheme. They're going to bring it back to what it was in 19, which is going to help the running backs, whether we go running back at 30, which we should, or not. Uh, that was for you, Bruce. Um, obviously, the signing of Emmanuel Sanders, as much as we all love John Brown, Emmanuel Sanders is a better route runner. He's a more experienced player. He obviously has played in Super Bowls. And then you you tie into that. Uh, for me, just the the tight end moves that they've made. I think from an, the the backup quarterback, the QB two, I, I'm no longer concerned. We were all shocked, right? Thursday when when the announcement came out that the Bills signed Mitch Trubisky, it was like, what happened? But the relief that I feel knowing, and and Spence, you and I talked about this a lot last year, knowing that if if something happens to Josh Allen and he goes down for four games, we have a quarterback that potentially has a great opportunity to win half of the games that he's going to play in. We have probably the best backup quarterback in the NFL right now. For me, the offensive, who won who won the, who won won the free agency or the offseason so far for offense in the NFL, for me, that goes to the Bills, hands down. You were, you're such a homer. You, you, have such homer. <laughs> you have such homer goggles. What do you think about that, Anthony? You th- you, yeah, are you agreeing with Joe that the Buffalo Bills have won and, and he has the America's team shirt on underneath? The real, the real America's team shirt. This is the real hey, one. This is the real the original, one. the OG. <laughs> Listen, as much as I can, can respect what he's talking about, there's a couple of situations that I look at. You know, one for the Los Angeles, Los Angeles Rams to be able to bring in Matthew Stafford at quarterback. Um, Not a free agency signing, right? A a trade that came about earlier. But when you look at an upgrade from Jared Goff and what he can bring to the offense for Coach Sean McVay, uh, for me, that's something that really stood out. So, I mean, I can understand. We can look at some other teams that are out there. You can look at the Patriots, what they did with the dueling tight ends. You can look at – uh, the Cowboys and bringing back Dak Prescott because there was certainly some question around that. But for me, the one that really does stand out, it is the trade of Matthew Stafford going to the Rams. That is the biggest upgrade at the most important position in football. And I'm really intrigued to see what that team can do next year. Uh, I'm certainly not sold on the Cardinals and some of the moves that they have made. Seattle seems to be in a little bit of a disarray. And for the 49ers, still questions at cornerback, you know, are they really committed to Jimmy Garoppolo? If you get that upgrade with the Rams, I'm here for it. And they added Deshaun Jackson, too, just yesterday. So that'll be an interesting, uh, you know, new wide receiver to add to the to the mix for them. And that's where I would probably put things. I mean, I can understand Joe going with the Bills because that's what we know and love. But Stafford to the Rams, that stands out for me. You know, I actually agree with you about the Rams. And I, um, I think there was a, a point, not a, a major like disagreement, but I think Bruce and I had a different perspective regarding the Rams and that trade. So, you know, I'll bring Bruce in and, and ask him about that, because I think, you know, with improved quarterback play, I know that the Rams have been a successful team. They've been, you know, pretty much 11 and five or 12 and four or 10 and six every year. Um, And that's been in spite of the play that they've had from their quarterback position. I think if they have Matthew Stafford, I think they're absolutely a better team. I think they're the team to beat in that division now with that quarterback play. I think that, um, that defense is still an amazing defense. So um, Bruce, do you, Am I am I remembering incorrectly um, that that we kind of had a disagreement about that point there as far as that the team has improved and that could be or would you consider them as the team possibly to win the offseason on offense? 
So my team to win the offseason on offense actually is Los Angeles as well, but it's the Chargers, not the Rams. For me, the Los Angeles Chargers come into this particular offseason with a couple pretty sneaky scenarios that are arising for them. The first is that they're losing Hunter Henry. And when you have a quarterback who is going into his second year and loses his safety blanket, it's really important that you make sure that that hole gets plugged. And the Chargers, if you recall, were the other team that was in on Zach Ertz with the Bills. And they decided eventually to pull out of that deal because Howie Roseman was asking for something ridiculous, which was reported to be a third round pick, which is an absolute deal breaker for me personally. So I'm glad that Brandon Bean and the Chargers both said, you know what? No, nah, I'm good, fam. You, you, you can go ahead and keep Zach Ertz and your $8 million cap hit and let me know how that awkwardness works out for you. But the Chargers turned around and immediately replaced him with Jared Cook, who, if I remember correctly, Spence, you were a Jared Cook guy this offseason. So they replaced him with a perfectly serviceable tight end. But more importantly than that, they worked on the offensive line. Corey Lindsley and Matt Filer for the offensive line for the Chargers will really help out a lot. I really, really, really like the fact that they were able to take a step forward on offense to help offset any potential sophomore slump or potential for regression in their quarterback while also managing to plug what was a fairly sizable hole when it comes to the comfort level of your quarterback. So if you really want to make sure that Justin Herbert takes the next step and doesn't step back, you need to make sure that you are mitigating the factors that could potentially cause him to step back protection and comfort. And specifically when it comes to comfort, you know, having that security blanket at tight end. So I really like what the chargers were able to do in regards to your discussion about the Rams. I do think the Rams are a better team now than they were. However, I do think there's something we're not talking about with the Rams basically at all. And that's the Rams lost two really good pieces of their secondary this off season and their defensive coordinator and their defensive coordinator, who was considered to be a wonder kind, right? Their, their defensive coordinator kind of pulled them out of the doldrums where they had kind of settled into a kind of a, a Wade Phillips routine. And Wade Phillips, mind you, is one of the greatest defensive coordinators of all time. But it wasn't as good as it was under Brandon Staley. And now he's gone. So he's gone. And some of the pieces that helped kind of limp them along last year are also gone. John Johnson's gone. Troy Hill's gone. So they have some matters in the secondary and they don't have the assets to be able to replace them as well as they did because they traded all of them away. So I do think that there's a chance that the Rams are a more talented team on offense and the potential regression to the mean on defense can help them offset that. And when you consider the fact that they don't have any assets to reinforce that because they use them up, for Stafford, I just don't think it's a slam dunk. I think there's a possibility they're better this year than they were last year. However, I, one of the reasons they were a playoff team is because they had one of the best defenses in football last year. And I don't necessarily know if they're going to have that again, even with Aaron Donald. Okay. Okay. You, you you bring up good points as usual, you know, as, as usual, they lost some good pieces on defense. So, so yeah, that might obviously regress there and, and the improvements on offense might 
you know, mask that just a little bit and they'll be the same. But I'm I guess I'm just banking on their defense with I think they still have the best defensive player in the league um, in Aaron Donald. But uh, but we'll see. You know, we'll see. So, Joe, really quickly, before we move on from this, you picked the Buffalo Bills for for this award. Um, our, our guy, uh, Brian, he, he said that we're still missing deep speed with the loss of Brown and McKenzie. Diggs is really the only deep threat currently. Gabriel Davis can get deep, but he's not a burner. Um, so in, in some regards, I do think that the Buffalo Bills have improved on offense, you know, you know to um, Anthony's point and to Bruce's point, you know, we got a better route runner in Emmanuel Sanders. We have elite route runners in pretty much every position on the field. It's going to be insane. However, um, Diggs is the only guy that seems to have that speed to stretch the field. Now we had a couple guys that, that were able to do that. Now we don't, what do you think? Do you still, after kind of thinking about that, do you still give the bills that award or are you um, going to lean a little bit more towards Anthony now and go with the Rams or, or where yet? No, I'm still sticking with the bills and the reason, and it has nothing to do with deep threats and, and Bruce can probably, I'm sure he's analyzed or I know that he has analyzed far more film from the bills than I have, but it, you know the Bills did, in my opinion, didn't run an offense where John Brown ran goes the whole game, the whole game, and Isaiah McKenzie didn't run goes the whole game. Yes, there were guys that ran goes; it, they spread it around. Diggs ran goes. Uh, Gabriel Davis ran goes. I mean, different guys did it at all different times. I don't know that you've got to have three guys that run a sub four four to like have an effective offense in the NFL when you've got a quarterback like Josh Allen and the route runners that the, that they have at any given time. If you've got four route runners, four masterful route runners, which the Bills they have at least three on this offense right now. If you've got three like masterful route runners and you're expecting them to do to to basically get jiggy with it in front of you and then they basically one cut and go by you. They just ran a deep route and they took the top off the defense. So I don't know that I buy into the whole idea or premise that we've got to have burners. And again, you know, the, the Gentry kid, I think ran a four, four. I saw that in the comments uh, and there's aspects to, you know, we have a whole draft and there's going to be some fast guys in the draft. There's going to be some, some guys with some speed late. Do the bills need another wide receiver? I can't answer that question. Uh, and we're yet, we were wide receiver heavy last year. Obviously we replaced Brown is McKenzie gone. We don't know. I'm sticking with the bills and there's a lot of reason for it. And it, it, a lot of it comes off of what I was talking about last night on the, on the overreaction pod about, you know, getting marginally better. This offense, if this, if this offense just takes another step, they don't have to get significantly better. They need to get marginally better. If they take another small step and they're better than they were last year, that just spells, I mean, I heard somebody say, I don't remember who it was, that Josh Young could literally have a 5,000-yard season next season. Like, that's kind of where the Bills are at. And I'm, that's, I don't know that Matt Stafford's going for 5,000 next year as a Ram, but that's just me. Well, I think, I think that Josh, technically, I feel like he really could have gone for 5,000 this year. Um, I, think, I think the injury to John Brown absolutely hurt that. Mm-hmm. I think that um, you his, know, injury, his, his injury hurt it. Yeah. Yeah. Josh's injury absolutely hurt it. But then I, I think he still could have done it with John Brown um, if he wouldn't have gotten injured. I think we it was very close, man. We could have had three receivers at a thousand yards in but Buffalo. What's, like, but, what, but what's funny about even John Brown as much as like, oh, my gosh, we've lost John Brown. We've lost a guy with a deep speed. John Brown's most effective routes this year was that wide receiver screen where he squirted into the middle of the field and like took the seam. Like, yeah. like that was his most. He ran that route. I don't even know how many times, seven, eight, nine times he scored on it. And if he hadn't been injured would have scored one or two more times on it, but he, but he got caught from behind. So I, I just don't know that I'm all in on the got to have burners all over the field or at least two burners to take the top off the defense or Stephon Diggs can't play football. I just, I'm just not there. And Bruce can refute it, I'm sure, but that's just how I feel. Okay. No, I'm actually well, no, with you, Joe. 
I'm with you. I'm right. I'm right. More. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, doesn't it feel great when we're smart? Like it's like, oh, yes, yeah, smart. smart, smart. <laughs> so speed is an element of verticality, but it's not the only element of verticality. Right. So right. if speed was the only element of verticality, then Darius Hayward Bay would have been a Hall of Famer. Right. There's a lot more to being a talented vertical receiver than there is speed. Now, that's a part of it for sure. But a lot of people don't recognize necessarily the technique that goes into vertical route running. They really think it's just it's just run as fast as you can in a straight line. And that's really not it's it's kind of insulting to those of us who had to cover people like that. But I'm like, come on, man, he's not beating me just because of that. He's beating me for something else entirely. But the fact of the matter is that there's a talent to stacking corners. There's a talent to tracking the ball. Ask Nelson Aguilar, who historically had trouble tracking the ball in Philadelphia and then broke out in in Las Vegas this past year and then got himself a nice little deal with the with the New England Patriots. So I, I think that there's more to verticality than just having four four speed. Now I, I do think that Gabriel Davis is somebody who has vertical skills. Now he doesn't win with four four speed, but yeah, Gabriel Davis is a four five guy, ladies and gentlemen. Gabriel Davis is plenty fast. Thank you very much. And he has the size component and the contested catch component to be able to account for margins of error when throwing the ball deep down the field. Because the longer the the longer the pass goes, the larger the margin of error becomes for the quarterback. And when that happens, having a people who can play at the catch point and give you a contested catch ability matters. And Gabriel Davis has proven to be able to do that. How about the whole toe drag swag element? of Gabriel Davis and the ability to play the sideline. Things like that matter. The ability to understand spatial awareness is such a big deal of playing boundary receiver, and we don't talk about it basically at all. But there's more to verticality than just speed. Now, obviously, there are certain levels of speed at which case it becomes prohibitive. Like if you're a 4'7 guy, you're not a vertical receiver, period. In fact, <laughs> you're probably not a receiver, period. Like that's just not who you are. You can't run a 4'7 and be effective at the NFL level of playing wide receiver. It's just not a common thing. I'm not saying never, but it's it's highly improbable, as we say on the Bruce exclusive. So I think that there's an element of, hey, we need some verticality, but did the Bills not have enough verticality last year when John Brown was out? Did anybody think to themselves when John Brown was out last year, gosh, this team doesn't have verticality? I didn't. I mean, if any of the three of you on the call with me right now thought that when John Brown was out, thought, gosh, you know, we're really missing that dynamic over-the-top speed receiver, then by all means, speak now and forever hold your peace. But I didn't think so. So for me, give me a more talented receiver over a faster receiver any day of the week. Now, don't get me wrong. I like speed. But Emmanuel Sanders can still separate right. in the three levels. He's a three-level receiver. He can still separate down the field because, again, of things other than speed. He can still separate in the short area, and he can still separate intermediately because it's not just about foot quickness. So for me, I'm good with it. I'm completely good with it. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with Joe thinking the Bills upgraded the offseason more than anybody else for their offense because they went from Brown to Emmanuel Sanders, who I agree is an admittedly better player. And this is coming from a guy who is a John Brown stand. I flat out said, I don't want to cut him. I want to mm -hmm. extend him. So for me, I'm good with it. 
I'm completely fine with it. And I think there's a recognition that needs to take place that verticality is partially made up of speed, but not entirely made up of speed. Hey, Bruce, real quick. Did you just say, you know, you can't be successful in the NFL as a wide receiver if you run like a four or seven? Is that what you said? It's highly improbable, not impossible. No, I mean, I just wanted to be sure because yeah, I, I, Jerry have to, Rice I have to take a didn't? shot. Oh, he did? Yeah, I think Jerry Rice ran like a four seven or four six eight or something. Uh, like that. Okay, well, my joke won't work then. Never mind. Oh, why? Well, I was gonna. Was well, no, I, I just wanted to take a, a dig at um, Bills fans who are so in love with the the Cinderella story of the previous um, off seasons in Duke Williams. He ran a four seven two. <laughs> so I just wanted to take a a dig there, but no, no, but you it doesn't. Take, you take know, your dig. Take your dig, Jay. Because you know what? The fact of the matter is this: there are two things that are really important. To playing receiver, getting open and catching the ball, and Duke Williams isn't particularly talented at either one of them. Oh. So you know what? You want you want to go ahead? You want to go ahead? Yeah, yeah. I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll take it right now. When Sean McDermott said at the combine, he was like, "What kind of players do you look for at the receivers?" He said, "I want to look for people who get open and people who catch the ball." I was like, "Well, that rules Duke Williams out. We're done." <laughs> oh, my guess he's God. not my team. <laughs> okay, so are we going with the Bills there? <laughs> I don't even know what just happened. All I know, I've all been I know. Googling verticality yeah. for the last five minutes because <laughs> I, I was still recovering from when Joe said the receivers get jiggy with it. And it took me oh, my God. And then Bruce started oh. talking about verticality. And I'm like, is verticality even really a word or is it just a Bruceism? And if it's a Bruceism, I get it, but it's actually really a word. So I just needed to be. <laughs> And, sure. and Anthony, all I want to say to you right now is na 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 na. So then we'll just go. I'll be in my head for the next. Oh. Days <laughs> That's it. Will. Oh, I'll be sure to post a Will Smith song on Twitter. Just all I know Twitter. is if 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 you can be a wide receiver and run a six five forty, then I've still got a chance. So <laughs> we should all get together, do the Buffalo Rim- yeah, Rumblings combine. Say, and everyone, we should all run the forty, that. do the twenty yard short shuttle, do the bench, long we jump, high jump, do okay. the whole thing. I mean, we should do it for charity. Seriously, I, mean, I would I would absolutely do that for charity. The arm I would still wear works. a bag over my head and do it. The arm still works. Nothing else does. So <laughs> I can throw a football. We're good. So. All right. So I think I think the consensus is we're going to go with Joe's pick there with the Buffalo Bills because we all did like that. However, we are. I do agree with Anthony that um, the, the Los Angeles Rams did. I, yeah, I do it, think it. it's a big step forward with that quarterback um, on offense. So um, I will go there. Might, Bruce's point to. If I might sidebar on that, how much pressure is there on Matthew Staff uh, on Matthew Stafford now? In my opinion, like uh, right, oh, I mean, cause, cause, yeah, absolutely. There's, there's something to be said for being with the Lions and being with a, a perennial loser. It's, I mean, it's there's there's less pressure. Like there's an expectation. There's, the, there's a lower expectation now. It's like no, no, no. Like if this doesn't work, Matt, it's your fault. Like well, in Detroit, there's no pressure at all. But and, I mean, and it's like I mean. the thing is, it's like well, no. We know Matt is good. It doesn't matter. They can go three and thirteen. Matt is still going to be great. It's okay. Now, no, buddy, you have to win. Like right. there, there has to be W. So, no, you're absolutely right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I think all three of you were correct with that. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll with Joe as well though because I think, um, one of the things is that the Buffalo Bills didn't have far to go. You know, I think we're already in the AFC Championship game. We already the offense. Absolutely. There's going to be, you know, a little bit of a learning curve now because defenses have film on us. So, yeah, it's not going to be the same as last season. But, you know, we went from having a wide receiver in John Brown who could run, you know, pretty much most of the route tree and and do a lot of things that we needed. But now you got a guy in Emmanuel Sanders that can run every single route and do it 
and do it with perfection. Well, and Stefan Diggs, I think, is probably, if not the best, he's the second best route runner in the league right now. Mm-hmm. And then you have a guy in, in Cole Beasley who's always open. So, oh, well, so yeah, I just think that the Buffalo Bills have, um, you know, as mu- to, I agree with Bruce, as much as I, I personally love John Brown, and I, I, it, it hurt me when he left. Um, listen, man, we took a step forward. We, we, we absolutely did. And listen, the tight end signing, I know it wasn't Zach Ertz. I know it's not the one that everybody wanted. He's a good pass catching tight end that's going to get some yards for us. He's going to move the chains for us. He's not going to have the issues with drops that we feel like we have out of the tight end position at at this, you know, at this point. So I, I absolutely, Joe, I'm with you. I think that the Buffalo Bills have, have taken a, a step forward. It didn't have to be a, just because it's not a major step forward. I feel like like in weight loss, it's not the same thing for somebody who's 300 pounds to lose 100, where, you know, if you're 180 and you lose 20, that's a little bit more difficult oh, than yeah. losing 100 pounds when you're 300. So that that's all I'm saying. Well, I don't want to say it's more difficult. I don't want to sham anybody. Keep up the good work, everybody. We're going to do this together. Let's do this together. Let's move on. I'm going to get in trouble here. I do not want to get canceled. Uh, So let's move on to the defense. (laughs) Anthony, uh, (laughs) we just just picked uh, the offense. Who would you say at this point has won the offseason on defense through free agency to this point? I'm going to go with the New York Jets. And when I take a look at the Jets, uh, a couple of pieces that really stand out, of course, Carl Lawson at defensive end. Um, started the offseason as a, an unsung hero for what seemed like 31 other NFL franchises across the league, uh, but he ends up signing in New York, right? And I think that was a key signing for them. When you look at what that defense can be, that you know front four a defensive end, that stood out. Sheldon Rankin signing a defensive tackle was another one. That was a player I really liked when he was coming out of college that I thought would be someone the Bills would consider drafting at that time. Um, I thought that was a great signing for them as well, him coming over from New Orleans, bringing a a presence and an attitude and and all of these pieces that can really move forward for them. Marcus May, you know, the franchise tag and all of these signings, you can say, well, it's not so much about the financials and what went with it, but these were key pieces to what I would call the most important addition for the New York Jets this offseason, and that's head coach Robert Sala. And as you look at what the Jets were in the past with Adam Gase as the head coach and just a punchline, not just across the AFC East, but really against the NFL, and for them to make the switch and to bring in someone like Sala, a defensive-minded coach, a great run with the 49ers, for him to come in and really be a part right with Joe Douglas and handpicking these pieces to the defense, uh, he is the, the, the most important addition that they have made because you have players that want to play for him, right? Where in the past you would look at it and no one was going to the Jets. I mean, gosh, they couldn't even um, work it out to get the number one pick, right? They couldn't even tank correctly. Um, so now they're in a situation, they end up with the number two pick, but I think they did a great job in hiring their head coach and they've done a good job with these additions that they've made, again, specifically in Lawson and Rankings. Um, when we look at the Jets moving forward on the defensive side, for me, that's one that really stood out. You know what? Uh, first, I, I agree with you there. Um, they they made great moves, but I mean, I can even rewind it a little bit and go back to the last topic on offense. And I'm actually going out on the limb. I, I've been betting. I don't know if you all have been paying attention. I know I tagged Bruce and Anthony on one bet um, that I have with uh, stats from from SB Nation. Listen, I'm 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 not a, a Jets fan at all, but I think 
the biggest improvement on offense that the Jets has, have made is getting rid of Adam Gase. And I think that we're going to see a completely different version of Sam Darnold this year. And I don't think I don't think that they scare me. So don't, like Bills fans don't think that I'm all of a sudden saying like, oh, man, the Bills are no longer. No, we're, we're still the top dogs. And I think that we're going to be hunted this year. But I think that Sam Darnold, we're not going to see a guy that's out there seeing ghosts. And if he is, it, it's not going to look like it. He's going to look like a completely different quarterback. He's going to be competent. So I agree with you about about them on defense as well. They, they made an absolute change on defense. Uh, Joe, what do you think? I, I agree with Anthony there, but where would you go as far as uh, the winner on defense in well, the offseason? It, yeah, it's right here, uh, uh, right there. Uh, if you can read that, <laughs> what Anthony said. Uh, what What's interesting about it is, uh, for me, Robert Sala is a big piece of it. As far I mean, Carl Lawson is, is a guy that we all kind of coveted. Uh, but when you think of all the guys, what they've done on the defensive line, but but Robert Sala is the guy. So the good and the bad, right? So for me, going back to last season when Robert Robert Sala was interviewed prior to the Bills game, and he said, "Well, they run the Wildcat and stuff like that." He was it was it was pretty clear that whether or not it's his responsibility to do that scout work or whatever, or maybe he was just he wasn't sure or he didn't know or he hadn't done it yet. He made some comments about the Bills offense that wasn't true. And then sure enough, you know, we, we've all I'm the one that like people are still retweeting the picture of Robert Sala that I took off of my TV where he's just sitting there like like glazed over in his eyes like I'm getting throttled right now and I can't stop this kid. Um, I don't think we're going to get that Robert Sala. I think we're going to get we're going to get the version of Robert Sala who's dominant as a defensive coordinator, as a head coach. And I would couple that with this part. And we've already talked about Adam Gase a little bit. My tickets, I'm a season ticket holder for, holder for the Bills. I have been since 1997. My seats are on the fir- on the first row of the upper deck row uh, in section 313 on the 27-yard line. I literally sit over on the visitor side. I sit over the visiting team. The weirdest thing I've ever seen in my entire life uh, was when the Jet the Jets were in town, and it obviously wasn't this year. It might have been 19 or, or 18. Adam Gase as the head coach, it was the strangest thing I've ever seen. I've never seen a head coach basically when his offense was on the field because he was an offensive, obviously-minded coach, was like marching the sidelines, marching the sidelines. And as soon as the offense came off the field, the dude sort of just drifted back, like four rows back inside of his players and was like staring at the ground, like like kicking kicking things around on the ground, wasn't like engaged in the game, wasn't paying attention to anything. And I don't care what anybody says, as much as we make fun of McDermott for the hand clapping, these players and Robert Sala, the type of energy that he brings to a game, both sides of the ball and special teams, that stuff means something to these players. Like right, the, the energy that he's going to bring is going to lift that entire team. So for me, everything that Anthony said, and then there's 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 small parts of leadership uh, that these guys want to play for him. They're going to want to play for him, and they're going to play for him. There's just there's small parts of that that are going to lift that team even higher. So I'm with Anthony on the Jets. I'm actually I'm, I'm actually like really shocked that you didn't say uh, the Bills. Like I just thought, <laughs> I thought you were going the Bills everywhere. <laughs> I don't. I really I, did, but I don't get it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's what you get. It's all good. I, I think we all should do that at some point. Now. I'm going to put my face up too. But uh, but so Bruce, before we move on to the final award of the evening, I would like to ask you as well about um, your your take on defensively. Um, where do you stand? Who do you think in the league so far throughout free agency um, has improved the most on defense? I'm going with the Browns. This is the second offseason in a row that I've really liked what Cleveland has done. And Cleveland had did a really good job last year and did another good job this year of fully recognizing where their defense is and understanding where the weaknesses lie. And so last year, they made a very significant investment in their offensive line. And that paid dividends 
with this running game and the play action that was able to kind of pull Baker Mayfield out of a tailspin along with this new offense and give him some life. And this particular year, it's really their second and third levels on defense. Their linebackers are were abysmal. Uh, Andrew Sunday, who at safety was a laughing stock for them. And I have friends who are Browns fans who literally would just text me randomly throughout the game just saying, Sendejo, period. That was it. Nothing else. If I wasn't even watching, I would know what was going on because it was embarrassing for them on the back end. And Joe Woods' defense that they have there, it needs some fairly decent secondary play. Greedy Williams, their former second-round pick at LSU, has not been healthy. And Denzel Ward's been a little bit banged up, and he's a little undersized as general. So... Them picking up Troy Hill at $6 million a year and then picking up players like John Johnson who can pair with the returning Grant Delpit. People forget they spent a pick on day two last year on a different LSU defensive back, Grant Delpit, who promptly got hurt and didn't play a down for them. So they're getting Grant Delpit back. They're adding him to Ronnie Harrison. Then to that, they're adding John Johnson. So this in vogue sort of three safety look that a lot of defenses are working out. The Browns have the talent to actually do it now. In addition, they added Troy Hill to hedge against a potential loss of having a player like Greedy Williams not healthy and not pan out. Then they added Anthony Walker for $3.5 million and Malik Jackson. So their front four was already solid. They needed to do a little bit of some hedging against the pass rusher opposite of Miles Garrett, and they did that by bringing in Tack McKinley, who they have been trying to get for years. They put in waiver claims on Tack McKinley like twice, and they tried it to trade for him. So this is a player who they believed in could be a secondary piece. And so I I like what the Browns are doing. And this is the second time in a row, as far as annual offseason go, where I've liked what the Browns are doing. They correctly identified what their needs are. And sometimes the things that are obvious to us as fans, we're like, well, clearly it's that. The team may not think so. If we think, well, goodness gracious, the thing the Bills really need to do this offseason is they need to get Josh Allen weapons. I can't tell you how many times Philadelphia Eagles fans during the Andy Reid years thought this was the offseason when the Eagles would finally invest in weapons. But no, every single year they kept rolling out Todd freaking Pinkston and Freddie Mitchell, the people's <laughs> champ, across from Donovan McNabb and Andy Reid just saying, make it work. That's just the way it worked for years for the Eagles fans. And then all of a sudden, they bring in Terrell Owens and Donovan Nab blows up the same way that Josh Allen blew up when they brought in Stephon Diggs. So for sometimes we take for granted that these things seem obvious, but they're not always obvious to the organization. And so the Browns for the second year in a row have correctly identified where their weaknesses lie and have attacked it with efficient players on efficient contracts. You know, I, I um I, I give I give some credit to the Browns as well. I'm not, you know, I'm not as much of a Browns fan. I, I'm not a you know, but I do have a Baker jersey. Um if everybody isn't familiar with it, this is my Baker jersey. Um and it is it is How'd one of the so jerseys. How'd you do that so fast? <laughs> you know, and, and that's the back that's the front. I, I love my jersey, man. One of the best jerseys out there. <laughs> I gotta go ahead and I got to pick that up again. Uh, and, and But yeah, no, just joking. I, I, actually, I, I agree with you, Bruce. I think that Cle- Cleveland has done some things to um, to really help out their quarterback. You know, he he 
he played well last year. As much as I, I joke with him, he he led his team to the playoffs and he did a very very good job. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ease up on Baker, man. But I just uh, listen, Baker, he's winning now, so I I can ease up off of him. He had this attitude like he was just the stuff before he got W's. He was talking and he had to me he was acting the way people was accusing Cam of forever. And Cam has actually at least made it to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, I get that people don't like Cam. At least he won some games. Baker was talking and, and acting like he was the hot stuff before he could even, you know. But anyway, moving on, moving on. I, I hope everybody liked my jersey. You like my jersey, Joe? Dude, that's impressive. That that the, the Cleveland away white is a tough get, especially in Mayfield. Like, that's a tough get. Like, that's a hard jersey <laughs> to find. Like, that was good. Orange and white, man. You nailed it. I remember when I, started, right. when I saw that the first time, dude, I was on the floor. As Bruce says, I snorted. Like it was I snorted. It was unbelievable. I love when Bruce does that though. I snorted. So I did now, not realize that was an uncommon statement. Like <laughs> until you just told me recently, I did not realize that snorting was a word that other people did not use. Is that not a common word that people use? Snorted, vert word. verticality. There's a lot of words that you use that a lot of people don't use. Only 10-point words for Bruce. <laughs> I, I'll, I go big or go home every single time. I bust out my thesaurus before I start on here, and I just go 10-point word after 10-point word after 10-point word. That's all I do. If it's not in the Scrabble Players Dictionary, it does not count. I just want you to know that. So darn well, straight. Too, I'm sure. I'm sure, Bruce, that like the words are common. I, I just think the way you use them, the context in which you use these words, they're, they're, that's what makes them Bruceisms. Like it's just it's completely different. It's well, a completely lot of people are getting but, to know me tonight because I've got a lot of "Where's Bruce?" Can't see Bruce's face. Yeah, so like yeah, like somehow we're having a technical problem right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to throw it up there, but I'm like, oh, at this point, if you don't know, like, come on, man. <laughs> you so, must be new but, here. No, I'm just kidding. So, all right. Well, before we move on to the final award of the evening, I do want to actually I'm going to I am going to say I'm surprised. And I don't know if this is I don't know if this is hatred from my my colleagues here. I don't know if this is, um, you know, some bitterness. I, I don't know what's going on. But the, the team that spent the most and the team that improved the most that I feel on both offense and defense, not special teams, but offense and defense did not even get an honorable mention tonight. The New England Patriots have spent tons and tons of money on offense and defense I, I do think obviously cam has a lot to prove I, i've been saying that he looked horrible last year so regardless of who they got i do understand but you can't say that they do not have the pieces there to be a heck of a lot better uh so real quick i'll give you like we got because i got to get to bruce in this last topic we only have like 10 more minutes left so real quick like 30 seconds from each of us. Let's start with Joe on a rebuttal to that, because I'm sure you want to talk mess to me about saying the Patriots. No, I, no, I, I like what the, what the Patriots did. You know, Bill Belichick has been clutch, and I've said it a couple times in the last couple of weeks about, about trying to figure out what he can do that's just going to piss everybody else off. And basically going back to the Aaron Hernandez and Gronk tight end situation with a decent wide receiver you know, is going to befuddle a lot of teams. They're not going to – he's doing something completely different. Teams aren't going to be able to match up against him. The, the, the Achilles heel – is Cam. The dude was skipping passes off the turf, and there's there's something to be said for the fact that one of the four of us could potentially complete passes in that offense that Cam can't. So Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, so real quick, Anthony, same question before we move on to Bruce and the final uh, award of the evening. Yeah, I mean, they certainly made improvements, but from that standpoint, I felt like they financially overpaid in a lot of those situations. I mean, certainly bringing back some guys, and Trent Brown uh, stands out, Kyle Van Noy. I mean, it remains to be seen, but Listen, man, you know, I'm not going to give the Patriots any credit for anything that they do. So, I mean, just 
don't, don't put me on the spot like that. It's, it's never going to happen. Well, that, and that's why I prefaced it like that. I'm like, I don't know if it's hatred. I don't know if it's a bitterness there, but no, I got it. I know I'm the only one that seems to like, I still very much dislike the Patriots. I just, like I said, you, you all know at this point, I just ride with Cam. So, but hey, all right. Final award of the evening of the Rex Ryan Awards, the offseason awards to, to this point in the offseason of free agency. We have Bruce ended it off. He's going to hit us off with the home run. What team do you think overall, top to bottom, has improved the most in free agency? Is it, is it the New England Patriots, who I just talked about? I think it's the New England Patriots. But I think it's the New England Patriots, but not necessarily for the reason that you think. I think the New England Patriots had a bad roster in 2020, a bad roster. And as you very astutely pointed out, and as Joe has mentioned on his show and mentioned it last night on his show, there are diminishing returns when it comes to improving the talent level of your team. It is easier to go from one to three than it is from seven to nine. A lot easier. And so I think that the New England Patriots have gotten better. Now, that's only one half of the equation because I don't think they've gotten better efficiently. I don't think they've gotten better and gotten good value. They've gotten better because they had a bad team last year and they weren't very talented and they got a lot of people coming back. And only one of them that we know of thus far has retired and it's Patrick Chung. So they're getting some help back from the COVID opt-out list, and you have to count those things, which I don't think we've been counting those things. I mentioned it with uh, Grant Delpert coming back from injury, but we haven't mentioned teams who are getting people back from the COVID opt-out. No team was more affected by COVID opt-outs last year than the New England Patriots. They get back Kyle Van Noy, who was another loss for them. They get to retain JC Jackson, who I don't think people are going to make an offer for on a second-round tender. And being able to get a pass rusher like Matt Judon, who I think works really well in that system, which is not altogether markedly different than the Ravens system. A lot of crossover between those two systems. And so I do think the New England Patriots got better overall the most when it comes to talent level. They didn't do it efficiently. They didn't do it responsibly. But that's not what you asked. All you asked was who acquired the most overall talent. And if you count people coming back from the COVID opt-out list and you count things like that and you consider how poor the talent level was on that team, think about the 2020 New England Patriots. Who scares you on that team? Anybody? Bueller? Nobody. (laughs) Nobody. I mean, the strength of their team was their offensive line, specifically in the interior. That was it. Julian Edelman was was a decent player. He's okay. He's banged up. Stephon Gilmore was coming off of a defensive player of the year award. JC Jackson's a good player, but that's it. Who was their best receiver last year? Anybody? Exactly. They Cam Newton. I didn't, I didn't even know they had a receiver. Yeah, exactly. And Cam Newton was a shell of his former self last year. Did not play well. So yes, they got a lot better. They couldn't really get a lot worse. Mm. that's a fact that's a fact mm. yeah 
Well, I think that I think he dropped the mic. He went mute on that. So I guess <laughs> he's out. <laughs> yeah, Bruce dropped the mic. Oh, they couldn't get a lot worse. So that was it. Okay, so dead air. Kissed, so. His, kissed his fingers and it was over. Yeah, that's how I, I do it, it man. I, love it. I do my thing. I drop it. I mute. Put myself on mute. I sit back in my chair. I'm like, yeah, that's it. I did the thing. I said the thing. All right, Anthony, what do you think, man? Um, how do you feel? You you agree with Bruce there that it's the Patriots? Do you think another team has has done enough to to take this award and, and improve the most throughout the offseason to point? Well, I think the question is, it's is it who improved the most or who won the offseason? Mm-hmm. If it's a question of who improved the most, I think some note probably has to go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, of course, with that, you take a look at the signings that they've made and you know that they're going to get Trevor Lawrence number one. I mean, I think they've sure, certainly shown improvement that they're not going to be the doormat that they were in 2020. But for me, if you're talking about a team winning the offseason, I also throw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers into the discussion. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of free agents on their roster, and all these guys are coming back. Guys are reworking contracts. Chris Godwin get happily takes the franchise tag, right? When have you ever seen a guy say, I will happily take the franchise tag? He did. Rob Gronkowski coming back. Obviously, Tom Brady reworking his deal. Shaq Barrett coming back. Levante David coming back. Even their kicker, Ryan Suckup, coming back. Like, you just look at these pieces. We talk about the Bills, right, returning 21 out of 22 starters. Emmanuel Sanders taking that 22nd spot. Really running it back with that lineup, of course, making some additions. The Super Bowl champs are doing the same thing, and they've got a lot of pieces in place. Obviously, some others that are still out there with some question marks. But that core for them is coming back. It didn't seem like there were a lot of question marks heading into free agency with it, but to see them get locked up, I mean, because there was question early on, only one guy can get the franchise tag. Will it be Godwin? Will it be Shaq Barrett? Personally, I was surprised that it was Godwin because I thought it would be more a cost control saving to lock in Shaq from that standpoint and see what you could do with Godwin, especially as we look at the free agent wide receiver market right now. But I have to give some credit to the Buccaneers. You know, they're lining it up to defend the championship and uh, making the right moves. All right. All right. What do you think, Joe? So I'm going to flip the script. Uh, one, one team that we know didn't get better was the Arizona Cardinals because they signed Brian Winters today. Um, but outside of that, if I'm going to flip the script, uh, last year we went into last season and everybody was, it was, it was hands down pretty much unanimous, unanimously figured plan decided that the NFC West was the best division in football. Uh, and you know, I would say that that didn't turn out to be the case specifically with the fact that the bills pretty much ran through the West outside of the Hail Mary game, the AFC East by far and away has won the off season as far as being the best division, in my opinion, in the NFL it is going to be a nightmare division for any team to play this year. Like it's it, like all the teams got better. The Dolphins got, and the Dolphins still have free eight or uh, the the draft to contend with as far as the picks that they've got. You look at what the Jets did. Yes, the Patriots, you know, signed free agent after free agent after free agent, and unfortunately, they still have the quarterback that they have. So it remains to be seen. They're getting all those COVID guys back. You know, it's 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 going to be an interesting season this year and in my opinion, without a doubt, the AFC East has gone from being, you know, the Patriots and everybody else is a joke to at this point in time, in my opinion, being the best division probably in football. 
Yeah, I agree with you. And then also to Anthony's point um, with sticking in the AFC East, I think the Buffalo Bills have done the same thing. Like he said, that, that the Super Bowl champs have done. So I would actually take the Homer stance here and I'm, I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills for this award because I do think that, you know, for us to be able to basically, like he said, return every starter except for one. Mm-hmm. kind of get better in that one area that we one didn't spot. return that starter. And then on top of it, there's still opportunity for Brandon Bean to create cap space if we want to still be in play for a Zach Ertz or a whoever, That if we want to be in play for things. There are still things that, that Brandon Bean is able to do. We brought the core guys back that we wanted to keep. We're still, you know, we we haven't traded away any draft capital. We're still able to build through the draft. We're doing things that that will still allow us to be healthy for the long term, but we're able to still be competitive this year. So I think the Buffalo Bills absolutely did a great job, whereas around the league, you're looking at a lot of teams, not the Super Bowl champions, but a lot of teams who are cutting a lot of their best players because they can't afford them or because players won't restructure contracts. Whereas the Buffalo Bills have players who are saying, you know what, no, we're, we're going to win a Super Bowl. You have your second starting quarterback taking 1.25 million dollars because he really believes that you're going to win a super bowl whereas other teams had to cut a dory jackson you know you had to cut guys because you really couldn't afford it so because of that reason i'm going to go with the buffalo bills for this award gentlemen i thank all three of you for for joining me tonight i know this was last minute this kind of came together you know just you know, because the guy that I had, my man's in them, he couldn't he couldn't join me tonight for some internet issues. So I just want to thank you all. Um, we'll go around real quick, let everybody know where they can find you, where your content is. I mean, obviously it's Buffalo Rumblings because we do the damn thing. But we're gonna start <laughs> off with my man Joe, my main man Joe. Joe, go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you, man. So my podcast airs live. Uh, the Overreaction Podcast is now recorded live on YouTube. Uh, if you're watching this on Facebook, on Periscope, and uh, on YouTube, as far as every Sunday night nine o'clock, uh, and then it drops on Monday morning uh, on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. I'll be on Wednesday uh, on the Humpty Hotline with my guy Jay Spence. Uh, but here's the thing: like we're trying to we're trying to grow this YouTube thing, and there's a lot of good content on the Rumblings YouTube channel. So if you have not yet, please subscribe, uh, like this video tell everybody that you know everybody that you're hanging out with in the other rooms let them know that like rumblings has some good stuff going on uh and let's uh let's get our numbers up and let's uh let's keep this content rolling all right all right my man bruce nolan why don't you do the same thing let everybody know where they can find you and what you got going on my name is Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. I do not have any video. As you can probably tell, a video with just this would be probably fairly boring to uh, to watch. But I do have a show. It's the Bruce Exclusive. It drops every Thursday and Friday on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. And I do, in fact, have a live show. It's just not video. It's live on Thursday evenings at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. It is the Bruce Exclusive live on the Locker Room application, which is an Apple application that you can utilize and i'm just just happy to be here guys thanks for having me i appreciate it bruce i have a question bruce i have a question oh somebody just you just lost him there he is bruce you're back i have a question here. you threatened or i should say uh dangled the carrot of maybe doing live on youtube on your thursdays here's my question can you do locker room and youtube at the same time no you can't gotcha you cannot i bet you i, bet you I can figure i bet you, i can bet you i can figure out a way to do it I would have no problem, quite frankly, doing it if that's the way people want to do it. I'll look into it. I'll get a hold of you. All right, cool. Yeah. All right. And then last but certainly not least, El Presidente, the man with the plan, Mr. Anthony, please let everybody know where they can find you and what you got going on. 
Jay, thanks for having me on. Uh, obviously, you can find me on Twitter at Antamarino. Of course, buffalorumblings.com. Uh, my podcast, Breaking Buffalo Rumblings, every Wednesday. And of course, when any breaking news is there. But you can also find our two features each and every week. Buffalo Bills Mock Draft Monday uh, obviously comes out each Monday leading up to the NFL Draft. And Mocking the Bills comes out each weekend where we do a different mock draft. Uh, basically having Travis Etienne go at pick 30, and then we'll see what else happens yes. in rounds two through seven after that. So uh, <laughs> that's where you can find all my stuff, and I appreciate you having me on tonight. Give me a weapon. All right. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, you already know how I do it here. This is Jay Spence the King. You can find me on Twitter at Jay Spence the King. And at the Code of Conduct, I always like to end the show by telling you all to take care of each other, love each other, and to live in peace. And always stay positive, but go and test negative. Go Bills. Code go Bills. Of conduct.